<clears throat> we have yet again a beautiful gospel reading from the Gospel of Luke. We're still in that season. Believe it or not, in less than a month, we are entering, I can't believe it, the so-called Lenten period of Triodion. It seems crazy to me that February 5th will mark our entrance into now preparing for Pascha. It seems like we just had Christmas, we're already looking at Pascha. And we are faced with a beautiful gospel reading, something that really will hopefully hit home for all of us today. It's the gospel of the ten lepers. You remember this one? Good. One of our little ones said they remember this one. That's a good sign. And it seems like thankfulness seems to be a lost art in our modern times. So the story goes that Jesus was approaching a village, and as he was approaching, he heard people calling out to him as he got close to the village. And there were these ten lepers, and they were all crying out, Jesus, help us. And without any second thought, the Lord says, go show yourselves to the priests. <clears throat> and the gospel says, as they were going to show themselves to the priest, they realized they were healed. And one of them, it says a Samaritan, turns around and runs to Christ, falling down, glorifying God and thanking him. And Christ says, I don't know how he said it. Was it a little bit of kind of pain in the heart? He says, I healed ten. Where are the other nine? So the art of thankfulness, friends, I think today in our modern time has been lost. Let me tell you what people have mastered the art of. Complaining. They've mastered it. All of you know, oh, he, so-and-so, all they do is complain and complain. Raise your hand if you ever said, oh, so-and-so, all he does is thank God for everything. We have all become expert complainers about everything. Even things that don't matter, we complain about. Oh, it's cold in here. Oh, I don't like that color. Why did they put the flower there? Where the flower was said. But we've, we've become so habitual. It's like, you know, you know, you have muscle memory. You have like complain memory. If, if all else fails, just complain about something. And it's sad because so much of the world has become self-centered. When we say thank you, friends, when this man, one of the ten, this Samaritan, you've heard me speak about Samaritans. Samaritans were like the arch rivals, the arch enemies, if you will, of Jews. They did not mix well. They were like a mixed breed where the Jews were the purebreds. So there was no mixing between Samaritans and Jews. Now, mind you, in the face of leprosy, they're all hanging out together. Right? The other nine that went to go show themselves in the temple, they were presumably Jews, and they had the leprosy, and they were hanging out with the Samaritan nonetheless. So sickness does a couple of tricky things to all of us. 
And what happens? This expression of thank you, what is it, when we say thank you to someone, what does it actually mean? In its, in its deepest sense, when we say thank you, you know what we're actually saying is, I could not have done what I did without you. I cannot have done what I did alone. And because of your help, I did what I did. And my, my immediate reaction is to say thank you. You helped me. I could not heal myself. You helped me get through that. Thank you. I could not fill in the blank and somebody does something. Now, from the people will say, Father, I built my own business up. Nobody helped me. I'm a smart man. I worked really hard. For everything I got, I worked really hard. I built a business. I made a lot of money. To that, I will respond, you didn't do it alone because you needed loyal customers to keep your business going. Have you thanked your customers? Father, I didn't have anything handed to me. You were kept alive by your mother as an infant. You could not have been alive by yourself. Have you thanked your mom or your dad these days? And to take it even a step further, friends, to understand the big, big picture here, none of us would have been here this morning if it wasn't for God giving us life. We can find a hundred things to complain about life. Have we found a hundred things to be thankful in life? You see, nine out of ten is 90 percent. Ninety percent of the time, we're complaining. Imagine a world, close your eyes, you don't have to close them, but imagine a world in which 90% of the people were always thankful to one another, were always grateful to one another. What a different world we would live in. Is it not true? So why do we complain? We complain in essence because we have a big ego, because it's all about me. Thankfulness pushes you by definition to remove the center of the world from you and push it to someone close to you. Does that make sense? By saying thank you, it doesn't become about you anymore. You will notice, think for a moment, of the biggest egoists that you know, and let me ask you, have they ever said thank you about anything you've ever done to them? I guarantee you it's a no. Because that person thinks that everything is owed to them, that everyone should be thanking him or her. So above all, God brought us into this world, and, and, and by us being ungrateful, that's like the highest arrogance against God. This is why I want to make us more sensitive by God's grace to be people of gratitude. And you've heard it said, an attitude of gratitude the most beautiful people, you've heard me say it 10 times, the most beautiful people to be around are the ones who are generous with their kindness and their gratitude and their giving. Think of what happened to Satan. Lucifer was the most brilliant, beautiful of all the angels that God had created. He was the most radiant, the most gifted. And he had pride. And what did he say? 
I don't need God. I can be better than God. That's in essence when we fail to do and give gratitude. The leopard should have been grateful. Unfortunately, only the Samaritan ones rise. And look at what disease they had, leprosy. I want to close because I don't, I don't want to extend my remarks. I think you've got the, you've got the, the enya, the meaning of what I'm trying to say. I want to compare leprosy to sin. Leprosy, friends, <clears throat> is like sin. The last one returns to thank God. And sin, in essence, makes us numb, just like leprosy does. When you have leprosy, friends, you begin to lose all of the nerve responses in your body. You can't function anymore. It's also very painful. What does sin do to us? It makes us numb. Slowly, it makes us more callous and hard-hearted, numb to the problems and issues of the people around us, and even worse, numb to the ability to even see our own selves the way we are. Leprosy makes us numb. Sin makes us numb. Sin leads us to death. The leopards, they had, unfortunately, fortunately today, leprosy is not too common, but in some parts of the world, it still is a painful thing to watch. Leprosy damages organs and tissues, and it creates all kinds of deep pain, which leads to death. Sin can all lead us to unfortunate consequences. Somebody who deals with substance abuse, somebody who deals with a quick temper, it can lead us down really bad paths, just like the sickness of a leopard can. Sin is like leprosy because you can't hide it. Somebody who has leprosy can't hide it. It's very visible. They're missing digits. Their nose might fall off. Their ears may fall off. They may be blind. It's very visible. And isn't it true that people trapped in sins after a while, it becomes very obvious to the people around them the things that are dominating their life. So, sin, in essence, friends, will render us outcasts. Like the strings we talked about with the kids. If we're in a distance from God and we're not turning towards Him, then we begin to suffer all kinds of sicknesses and it will put us outside the walls of the city. We will become isolated and alone. That's where sin leads you to. It leads you all alone and painfully dying. So gratitude is what I want us to leave with today and the expression of gratitude in the form of humility and thanksgiving to others so that we don't find ourselves being possessed by the pain of what a life away from God might look like. I hope 
that as we begin this new year, especially as I see the children who are present here this morning, that we realize that a life away from God is not good, and that the parents who are here understand the deep value of making connections with God from as young as can be with our children, and that those connections remain strong through the lifespan of our children. I don't need to tell you the, the incredible leprosy that exists outside these doors. The world which has so become self-focused, look at social media, what's it all about? We've made an idol of ourselves, looking at ourselves, liking ourselves. This is the world our kids are growing up in. And this is the world that we as parents have a sacred responsibility to, I say, andistathume, to step and hold our ground. That will not happen by itself. It takes a whole community, all of us working together, to achieve what we can for the life of these kids. Marriages are struggling in our world today. Why? Because they suffer the leprosy of an egocentric marriage. It becomes all about me again. See, the world teaches you all about me, then it hits your marriages, then it hits your kids. Tell your kids, my kids, wait and see the reaction they have. You didn't say no. All you said is wait. It's a very subtle danger. Let's stay focused. Let's stay connected, please, to this church and to Christ. And all of us, us big kids and the little kids, will be far, far better off with a life close to the church and God's truths in a world that has so much untruth and so much self-centeredness. God bless and keep you. I am so happy to see all of you. It's like every time we have a Sunday service, I look forward to the next Sunday so I can see you all again. Some of you I've seen a little more often than others. We have to see about that. But nonetheless, thank you for coming. God bless us, and God bless the year ahead.